Yo, what's up, baby? This is Burt Watson, and you're listening to Pro Sports Podcasters, baby. The best sports podcast on the internet. The only one I know. Your night, your fight, you need to get it right and listen to Pro Sports Podcasters all night long. Boom! We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Corbett Ron. You know me as Kobe. Today I've got a special guest with me, but before we get to that, let's talk about who's going to join us for today's interview. I got Justin Williams with me. Justin, how's it going? I am living the dream in yourself. Awesome, buddy. Awesome. And today's a tale of two Justins. We've also got an MMA fighter. He's fought in a number of promotions. I'm going to go ahead and say I believe he's still the featherweight champion in the Sparta Combat League. Am I right, Justin? Well, I was. And uh, now I believe uh, on to bigger things. So uh, claim the title for Sparta Combat League. And then I went on to the, win the LFA title. Yep. And then uh, now I'm yep. currently with Bellator. So uh I'm hoping to make that uh, claim that title here soon, too. Yeah, so he's been working his way up. He just recently made his debut in the Bellator promotion at Bellator 260. Came away with his first victory there. It was a split decision. We'll talk a little bit about that. But what's most impressive about J-Train is that he's 12-0 and as a professional fighter. J-Train, good to have you on the show, buddy. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. I appreciate you guys having me. I'm ready to... Uh, Get this ball rolling, man. All right, so let's get right into it. What got you into MMA? I wrestled since I was a kid. Okay. Um, played some other sports, but wrestling was uh, kind of took precedence there. Whenever I turned 13, I decided to specialize in wrestling. Just had a love for the sport, man. Went all the way through college, wrestled for the University of Northern Colorado, as well as CSU Pueblo. And... uh Always was a fan of MMA, just UFC, um, some of these other promotions, Strike Force, and then uh, Bellator came around. Always was a fan, never really had an interest in going into it until uh, about my uh, summer of after my freshman year of college. I just was training and uh, training wrestling so much. I kind of just wanted to do something different, man. I still wanted to wrestle, but just train a different way. Some of my first wrestling coaches had a gym, so I went and tried it out, me and uh, one of my wrestling buddies. By the end of the summer, they were like, dude, you guys are really good. You guys should possibly consider getting a fight before you go back to season. So we did. I told my buddy, uh, I'd do it if you did it. We did it. We both dominated. Right on. And uh, I just, I loved it, man. It was so cool. I remember after the fight, People were buying me drinks, you know, dads were introducing me to their daughters. It was just, uh, I think I sold a good amount of tickets because it was pretty much in our backyard. So for a young kid, a college kid, like 800 bucks is a good amount of money, you know? 
So I was like, oh, hell yeah, dude, this is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Now, on the striking side of things, have you practiced a specific style or just basic striking? You know, there's a lot of different forms of striking. Um, Top Notch kind of specializes in wrestling and boxing. Okay. But I also train at Trials MMA where we do um, a lot of diverse striking. It's hard to classify it as one distinct style because I see things that Muay Thai guys do and I adapt that into my training and I kind of made it my own. I see a lot of things that kickboxers and um, just other high-level boxers use and uh, cross-training with these guys. I uh, I just pick their brain apart, man. I ask them. I ask them kind of like what they're looking for and I try to adapt it into my own. MMA is mixed martial arts so um you gotta have it all so i try to really take advantage of that yeah that's something i've noticed more and more i've been following mixed martial arts since the very beginning and it used to be everyone had their fundamental styles now you're seeing more and more of the hybrid fighter which is what you are generally a wrestling base is most common because it's something you take during school on your way up and it's also one of the best bases you can have as a mixed martial artist but when it comes to striking it's a lot less about belts and pursuing degrees and such anymore as it is just becoming a complete fighter i agree yeah something i i noticed i'll get in that in a bit i'm gonna pass it back to to justin first justin (laughs) I know. I was getting all into that. I'm like, please keep going. (laughs) I'll save it. Ah, how dare you tease me, sir. All right, other Justin. (laughs) So I'm looking at your record and it's impressive as it is. You know, you're on a 21 fight win streak. My pleasure. That's both amateur and professional. And being in Bellator as like one of the biggest promotions out there, my first two questions are this. Number one, how did you get that call? And number two, this is your first, from what I can tell, win by split decision, does that not bother you, but does that motivate you to kind of make sure you don't leave it to the judges? Oh, man. Absolutely, brother. Shoot. So let's go with uh, getting the call first. Yep. Man, I I felt like it was long overdue. I mean, you see some of these guys getting picked up by promotions who are like maybe five and one, you know, yeah. <laughs> or let's just go into there's a lot worse records out there and a yeah. lot – quite before i say this and kind of bash on some of these guys i guess just not quite as good of fighters as me to be honest and it kind of hurts man it sucks it's like what else do i gotta do man i was fighting the toughest guys that i could find that would actually take the fight mm-hmm. and uh time after time man i ran through sparta for a long time and uh had to bring guys from out of the states because we were running out of people to fight Mm-hmm. And then uh, went over to LFA and won their title against another at the time. He was undefeated as well. So at that point, I kind of just knew. Had the belt with Sparta. Had the belt with LFA. Won on Contender Series. I'm undefeated. Mm-hmm. Man, it was just at, like, what else do I have to do? And uh, I felt I knew it was coming. I just didn't know from which angle. We had a couple different options on the table. And uh, Bellator just kind of sweetened the deal. Seemed like the right spot for me to go. We took full advantage of that, you know. As for the split decision, you never want to leave it in the judges' hands, man. Especially my last fight Mm -hmm. was a very close fight. Some people argue it could have gone either way. Taiwan Claxton's a very tough opponent. He's very skilled. Very similar to me, if you would. 
both wrestlers, both decent strikers, heavy, hit hard. So I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. And I think just the style of fight after I started kind of catching him with some different things, I was winning some exchanges. I think it made him wrestle. And I think that really kind of made the fight a lot closer than I would have liked it to be. He took me down off of a kick, had to work my way back up. But ultimately, at the end of the fight, I think I did what I had to do to get the, to get the judge's decision. And, uh, oh, man, it, it does motivate me, man, because you never want that to go that close. You want to get stoppages. People like stoppages. And the more you get, the more exciting you are knocking people out. It just, uh, it, it's how you get paid, you know? So, <laughs> I was going to say that. The money follows that. Yes, Exactly. So it's always, man, whether it's a submission, whether it's a TKO, or whether it's a complete knockout, man, stoppages are very important in this game. And as the competition gets higher, it's not as easy to do, but you're always out there looking for a finish. I was going to say, it seems like you have the work ethic, seems like you have the mindset and the mentality, and definitely you have the plethora, like just this whole canvas of experience behind you. And I feel like this will be kind of a little blip in your uh, MMA career. It's like, oh, he won by split, but that won't happen again. You know what I mean? No, man, no. Um, There's a lot of tough fights up ahead of me. Like, I think the whole division is pretty stacked, man. I can go through the names and every single one of them has uh, some accolades behind them. But really, you know, I think, I mean, I can make excuses, but, you know, it is what it is. The fight was closer than I'd like, but I got the dub and on to the next one. I mean, after a year layoff and coming in with a new promotion, trying to learn the ropes, being out there for a week, it's a little different. Ultimately, I think we got that first one under the belt, wanted to make a statement. Now it's just like, hey, the sky's the limit. Let's go get it. Exactly. I think your assessment of the Claxton fights bang on. The first round, it looked to me as though he wanted to strike with you and by about Three minutes into the first round, he decided that was a bad idea. Uh, I think it was you caught him with a uh, stiff left jab followed by a right cross, and I think it stung him a bit. Mm -hmm. When he came out in the second round, he just wanted no part of it and decided to make it a a wrestle fest. Yes. I mean, I know you had a wrestling background. You were determined, look to me, to keep it standing. I'm going to admit something here. So I didn't know much about you before that fight. Okay. Now, I don't pay, I don't play the stock market, but I do bet on MMA. Okay. <laughs> All right. And looking at your record, and I looked you up a bit as to what your previous fights were like. And I thought, this guy's got a chance to upset because realistically, when the first odds came out, it was in his favor because he was established. And I thought, I could, I could make some money here. <laughs> hey, hey, so, we all we're all chasing that dollar, you know. Exactly. So I put money on you to win. And like you said, people said it could have gone either way. I felt that way too. It all came down to how the judges see it. I saw it as you were actually attempting to do damage where he is trying to stall you out and steal rounds. I agree. It went your way. It was a benefit for me, so I celebrated. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, and I don't know, I just, it's, it's interesting to see that although you have a wrestling background, you really prefer striking, don't you? Yeah. You know, it's, it, I'm going to what's going to win me the fight. Really. 
I could see it, man. Like, like I felt it. He did not want to stand with me. So why would you wrestle with somebody if you can already tell they're pretty uncomfortable with the standing? Yeah. I think some of those kicks with the, the lead leg getting the angle, he didn't like that. And they, those hurt, man. I've hit those on people in practice and they're, they tell me, they're like, dude, for that being a weird angle and getting to the outside with your lead leg, like they do not feel good. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to keep doing this, chopping this guy down. It just depends on who I'm fighting, man. Like, sure, I'd like, hey, I love wrestling. I've grew up wrestling since I was a kid. So I think I can honestly wrestle with anybody. But, hey, man, I'm trying to win. And if I got to sit and bang with somebody, I'd rather do that. Wrestling is honestly kind of tiring, too. There's reasons why in college a wrestling match is only supposed to be seven minutes, you know? Yeah. And we're in there for 15. We're in there for over double that. So... It's just kind of just finding whatever I got to do to win, really, I think, in the end of the day. This makes total sense. Something I wanted to, to touch on is you were commenting about how you have a pretty impressive record. <clears throat> you fought in a number of different promotions, not just one promotion like a lot of fighters seem to come out of. And that there are fighters who, I agree with you, are 3-1, and 4-0, and oh, who get the call up almost immediately. And I think part of that has to do with the success of previous fighters in that promotion. Yeah, I can see that for sure. It's still a little frustrating. But. Yeah, oh, of course it's frustrating. <laughs> there are some names that have come out of the Sparta Combat League. There are some very recognizable names, but they've had, most of them have had limited success when they've stepped up. So I think this is a chance for you to kind of pave the way for the guys behind you. I agree. I agree. I think, uh, I don't know if this is getting off topic, but um, I think I did a lot of big things for Sparta. I think I really helped them grow as a promotion and uh, kind of brought some fans in there. Also, they I mean, they got me a lot of fights for a long time. So I think my thing here was uh, it doesn't matter what promotion. Maybe Sparta was smaller. I felt it was more quality of opponents. So I was trying to chase after guys who were going to challenge me, guys who were going to get me to that next level yeah. where – you see a lot of these guys pad their record and dude, they're fighting tomato cans, man. Like they're like, come on, bro. <laughs> you see them get to the big show and they just get utterly embarrassed. Man. Oh yeah. Like, they, get, just, they get destroyed. <laughs> and you know, I've never backed down from a fight, man. Like I I'm here, man. This is my life. I've committed my life to this. So if you're going to do it, do it big. I'm not afraid of competition. I'm not afraid to lose. So I'll put my O on the line against anybody and let's, let's see how it turns out, man. You're going to have to be a bad dude to take me out, take my O, you know? So has Bellator contracted you? Yeah. Yeah. We're under contract. So we got three more on our contract. We do got some things in the work right now. I was right kind on. of pushing for a fight a while ago, a little bit sooner, but uh, just different opponents and uh, stuff going on kind of affected that. So hopefully here very soon we'll get something locked in. Right on. Right. Okay. So you train at two different gyms. Yes. Do you ever feel like there's, because I took martial arts for a long time as well. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel that there's a conflict in approaching a fight, kind of like determining how you're going to face this one opponent, or are they kind of generally the same? At first, a lot of people brought that up. Um, tremendous people mm -hmm. were just like, it's not going to work. You got to have one group behind you and that's the philosophy. That's not my mindset, man. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking 
yo, there's a reason I'm at top notch. There's a reason I'm at trials and both have so much to offer me. I, uh, my coach at top notch, he was one of my wrestling coaches whenever I was a kid. That family has done a lot of things from karate to boxing, to jujitsu, to wrestling all across the board. And then even at trials, man, it's, uh, Ryan Schultz was the champ in the IFL, which yep. back then was the big deal, man. So this guy, like low key, that guy still intimidates me, you know, <laughs> and, he, and he's on my side, but, uh, you know, there's things that matter to me. And, uh, these guys genuinely care about me inside the cage, outside the cage. They care about me as a person. They care about my mental well being. They're checking on me, making sure like, Hey, how's your outside life outside of fighting? And for me, that means more, man. And it, it's cool. So back to the topic of like the contradiction of beliefs, these guys, Michael Ears and Ryan Schultz come together, they get along. And at the end of the day, it's about me when they're together right. coaching me, it's about me. What's going to benefit me? What's going to help me win and pursue my career and take it even further. And for the most part, we're all on the same page about almost everything. We might have different beliefs on certain things, but like at the end of the day, we make it work and uh, it's it's kind of cool to be a little selfish and to be able to take it all, make it all about me. Ultimately, I think it's helped me to be successful where I'm at now. That's impressive because I've always been told, you know, the mentality of, uh, like you said, you kind of just go in with only one kind of regime, like this is the best way to do it. But as you, you know, in UFC, it's mixed martial arts. So there's a lot yeah. of different ways to approach it. Exactly. Especially if you're facing someone similar, it's like, how do you fight a mirror? Well, it's like, you know what you're weakest against. So you're hoping that'd be the same for them is what I assume. Yes. It's funny because like, even as a kid, man, uh, one of my coaches told me both of these coaches believe in the same thing. So I think this might be that one philosophy that we all agree on is uh, I'm loyal to these two gyms. They know that. Mm-hmm. And they're okay with me cross training at other gyms. They're okay with me going other places and picking apart their fighters and asking their coaches questions because at the end of the day, they know where my loyalties lie and I know their loyalties lie with me as well. So I'm the guy who's like, I'm going to take everything I can learn, ignore the stuff that's irrelevant to me and I'm adapt it all and make it my own style. And that's what we've done. Perfect. This episode is brought to you by Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Get into your best shape with their comprehensive programs. So sign up now to either their basic package or warrior package with the code PSPKB, all caps, for 15% off. Stay fit this winter with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. And another question I have, kind of related but kind of unrelated at the same time. (laughs) How's weight cutting for you? (laughs) I was going to go there too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, nobody likes the weight cut. That is hands down the shittiest part of the game. It's, uh, (laughs) it sucks, dude. There's no way about it. But, you know, I've done this for a long time. I've done it the wrong way for a long time. And now I'm starting to figure it out where for the past couple fights, I figured it out. I figured out my routine that I need to do. And it works for us. It works for me. And, I might feel like shit whenever I finally get down to weight, but I only have to hold that for a very minimal amount of time. And I'm not beating up my body. Like this past weight cut was probably one of the best weight cuts I've ever had. 
I was tapering throughout the week. I was still eating plenty amounts of food and water. And I was only like nine pounds over whenever we actually started our water cut. And I lost that in, I don't know, like two hours. And that's even faster than what I would normally do it. But it was just coming off so quick and I felt so good that I was like, shit, dude, let's just keep this, keep the ball rolling. Honestly, man, uh, once I get down to about the last like four or five, that's where it starts getting the toughest, obviously. But I'm okay to go to those dark places, man. I've been there before. I've done this almost my whole life. So it's nothing new. This is all just another day of doing what we got to do. Plus, you don't make weight. You're giving away 20% of your purse just because you couldn't hack it and get down to weight, man. Don't be soft, man. If, you, if you're okay with giving away 20% of your purse, that's cool with you, man. But for me, I ain't getting as paid as much as some of these guys. So that money means a lot to me. Not yet. Not yet. Exactly. Well, I was going to say, I've never had to cut weight professionally. I've got it just because I'm an actor. So there have been times they've been like, hey, you know, can you cut an extra five pounds? I'm like, it's like three days of the gym running cardio. It's fine for me. Yeah. But I hear like you guys cut like 30% of your body weight sometimes. And I'm like, how on God's green earth? And Kobe was telling me, he's like, oh, sauna suit yep. on the treadmill yeah, I've done it. in the sauna. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Hold on. What's your walk around weight, Justin? It depends, man. I'm anywhere from like 65 to 70. If I start getting above 70, it just depends on what our training is. So like if I'm lifting really heavy and I'm above 70, I feel good and I look good, but I just, I feel my body slows down a little bit. It's more strength and power, but I lose my speed and agility. So I like to keep it right within that about 65 to 70 range. That's where I feel like I'm still athletic. I'm still strong. I'm still healthy. Um, right now I'm probably about 67, 66. Okay. Did you wrestle at 145? Through high school, my freshman year, I was 25s, then 35s, 45s. My senior year, I wrestled at 52s. It was okay. nice going into state. I didn't have to cut any weight. I think I weighed in at like 52 on the dot the last day of weigh-ins whenever you could have weighed like 56. But <laughs> it was really nice for me, man. I could just focus on wrestling. I didn't have to focus on the weight cut. When I went to college, I started wrestling at 49s. And the weight cut didn't really get hard until I started getting a little bit older. Okay. And then it was like trying to get down there was just a struggle, making it sometimes twice, three times a week. And it, that was a struggle. But also, I think there's some things I could have done a little bit differently with my diet and just uh, extra workouts and just understanding how to do it a little bit better, which took a little trial and error. So eventually now, like some people are saying, like, how, why did you struggle so much going 49s whenever you're making 45s? Well, back at that time, I had to make it two to three times a week sometimes. Now I have to make it once every four months. Yeah. And I got a set date. I know when it's coming. So I diet, I prepare, hydrate, just completely different styles, completely different games. Are all of your MMA fights at 145? No. Uh, as an amateur, I was 155. Okay. Didn't have to cut much weight. It was awesome. It was more just about – I would, would cut like 10 pounds maybe. And yeah. I could do that literally the week of. So for me, it was more about just getting better, focusing on my skills, and making sure I was just being healthy. I'd go on some runs, go on, keep my diet right. 
And I could lose that the last week without even a sauna suit. Maybe I'd sit in the sauna the last day, just lose the last four. Okay. Uh, I get it. So then my coach, uh, Michael Ears at the time was kind of, uh, whenever we were thinking about going pro, we were like, hey, that extra 10 pounds, we haven't been down that low in a long time. How do you think it would go? Started talking about it. And I felt like I, in my head, I was like, no, I think I could realistically do it. It's just, I haven't been down to 45 since I was a junior in high school, you know? So this was a little different. We did a, a catch weight at 150 just to kind of test the water, see how my body felt. And still, I made 150 very easy. Yeah. So at that point, it was like, you need to be at 45s. Some of these guys at 55s are, they're pretty big, man, cutting from like 190. Oh, yeah. That's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. They're, they're huge the day of the fight. They're just huge. <laughs> yeah. By the time they, they weigh in and the next day they rehydrate, it's, I'm already down 10 pounds, you know? Yeah. In a tough fight where somebody's trained to kill her, you know, maybe they're just as good as me. They just got that little extra strength. That could be a big difference maker. Oh, yeah. A lot of times it's, it's one round of, of brutality. Yeah. Yes. Maybe they haven't got the, the cardio to go three rounds. They don't need to <laughs> because yeah, they're so no, strong. Yeah, exactly. So taking away from the cage for a second, you and I are fans of the same football team. We're Broncos fans. Oh, yeah. Let's go Broncos. What do you think of them bringing in Teddy B? You know, man, I'm going to be honest. I was a little worried at first. He, uh, I knew he was good, but he just didn't show it yet in the pros, really. He didn't have a super high level of success. Okay. After watching him in the preseason and even watching him in these first couple games before he got hurt in this last one, I was really impressed, man. And something I forget is like I haven't played football since I was in high school, so there's a lot of different strategies that go into football. Sometimes just the style of coaching and uh, the type of offense they're running, it works for certain people. Sometimes you see players, you see this a lot with the Broncos too, where they're just never quite an all-star. And then they go to another team and they're just playing a different style of offense. And then they turn into all-stars, like MVPs, you know? Yeah. And they're going to Pro Bowls and stuff. And it's hard because I wish they could do that here, but sometimes just the style of play is different. So back to Teddy B. I don't know. I didn't hear if he was fine or if he was cleared to play. I'm honestly a big fan of him now, man. He looks really good. I think everybody's playing at the same uh, the same level, same speed. And he's kind of dicing up these defenses a little bit, man. He's putting up some good yards. His pass rating is really high right now. So it's hard not to be a fan of this guy. Oh, so I've always been a fan of him since Minnesota. I've always liked Teddy B. I just think he's never had the the time or the system to really work him to the to his greatest effect. I think any established quarterback on the Broncos' offense with the weapons that are available when healthy, when healthy, absolutely should be able to win. Like, and unfortunately, we've already lost half the the playmakers Ooh, in the man. <laughs> that early in the season. And I'm still yeah. waiting. I'm still waiting to see Bradley Chubb and Von Miller really gel together. I've been waiting for this since, since they drafted Bradley Chubb. I can't wait to see the two of them on the field doing their thing together. And they just never really have had enough time to, to gel. I'm just still waiting for that. I'm hoping it happens sometime maybe later this season. We'll see. Yeah, I agree. I mean, dude, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller are beasts. Those guys, 
and having them together is just, uh, I mean, giving a rotation of giving them a little bit of rest so they can come in and play to their full potential. I mean, trying to play them 80, 90% of the game is just unrealistic, man. They're going to get hurt. And, Correct. You know, stuff like that. So it's, you always got to remember, it's like, no, they should be playing more, playing more. They'll get more sacks maybe, but by the six games in the season, they're going to be ran down and beat up. You know, we got to keep them healthy. So I do huge fan of those two. I think that's a great combo for our defense. Our defense is pretty solid. The defense is ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, like, even though we kind of got pieced up with uh, some people getting hurt, I still think our defense is one of the best in the league. Oh, yeah. If not the best in the league. We actually had uh, we had Carl Mecklenburg on the show recently, and he was talking about how he feels the defense now is on a level equivalent to when he was with the team shortly before they won those two Super Bowls back-to-back with Elway. So yeah. it's ridiculous. It's, it's looking like a good year for the Broncos. I, I expect them to make the playoffs. Absolutely. I think so. You know, everybody was kind of talking trash. They're like, dude, they beat two 0-3 teams. But I'm like, hey, dude, in the NFL, dude, you can't count these guys out, man. That's still a tough schedule. And we're hurt. So give us the benefit of the doubt, you know. We actually went to the game against the Jets, and that was a that was a fun game, man. They looked so good just all across the board, offense, defense. A couple small things towards the end of the game, but, you know, it happens. I'm jealous, buddy. I'm jealous. It's on my bucket list to see a game live. We're in Toronto. We're in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, right? So uh-huh. we can basically select whatever team we want. <laughs> right? And take them as your own. <laughs> yeah, because unfortunately we have the – I can't remember what this is called. Something like the CFL, with the, whatever they call it up here. Punch in the face, Kobe. Um, oh, that's, the that's, not, that's not an arena league, right? <laughs> Almost, not quite. Well, it's like kinda <laughs> like, oh my god! It's uh, it's funny. It's cool because like one of my roommates and my best friends, he plays uh, semi-pro football for a local team here. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun just to kind of like maybe I don't go to a Broncos game all the time, but I'm always going and watching him play, and it's just fun to see because like you get a wide variety of. Some of these old men who are like, dang, dude, you're going to get yourself hurt. You should probably hang them <laughs> up. But then you get these young kids who just probably weren't quite smart enough to go to school, but they still are way athletic capabilities are able to play at that level, but just never really got the chance. So it's it's funny to see the wide variety. All right. It's funny to slide back in there with an MMA question. because <laughs> All right. I'm offended by Kobe's CFL remark. Uh, <laughs> so in case you don't know, we do, Canada does have a league called the Canadian Football League, and it's been around longer than NFL. It's just not as recognized as the NFL. Yeah. Uh, moving forward. So I'm watching, I'm rewatching your fight currently, and okay. I noticed you had a lot of, you, you were mainly focused to be in the center of the ring. Is there a reason that you really wanted the center of the ring and pushing him to the out? Yeah, Absolutely. So if you continue watching the fight, you'll see he tries to, uh, whenever he's controlling the center of the ring, he's going to shoot that shot and push me up against the cage. It's just mm-hmm. where a lot of people have a lot of success of shooting, push them up against the cage, control them, control the action. And it kind of limits what I can do. You know, I might be able to hit a quick knee, but it's kind of hard. If I can't move, it's pretty much he just shoots into the legs and tries to hold me there. So right. for me, controlling the center of the cage just shows I'm controlling the fight. I'm dictating where I want to go, opens up a lot of other opportunities for my striking, whether I want to take him down 
or, or anything like that. So whenever I let him win that position, it, uh, it changes the game, especially with him being a takedown okay. guy. It really wanted to eliminate that. And with your nose being cut, how much did that impact your fight? It's funny. I, I didn't even realize it at first because he threw that kick and I blocked it. It wasn't a kick or anything. I think it was his toenail. Hmm. I think his, yeah. his toenail like sliced my nose a little bit and uh, just, hey, man, it happens. So I was kind of like, what the heck? Like, why am I bleeding? Like, what the heck? <laughs> Obviously, it looks good for the judges, you know, for him, it looks good, but it didn't affect me at all, man. It didn't hurt. You know, once we threw some Vaseline in there, I think it stopped bleeding for the most part. So yeah. not a super big factor. You know, you got to kind of train that. You got to be, things are going to happen in there. Weird things are going to happen. Like, I remember looking down after the first round, and I'm just listening to my coaches. I look down at my toe, and like, all the skin, like about a half inch by half inch little chunk of skin was just like hanging off of my toe. I'm like, what the hell? How did that happen? There's a lot of weird things that just happen and you don't even know what happened. You're in a fight, man. You're focused on other things, you know? So that's like the last thing on your mind. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but overall, no, <laughs> I didn't think it affected me just besides the fact that I was like, why the heck am I eating? What the heck happened here, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I was looking at that and I saw you deflected it. Like you did a proper block, but you still end up bleeding. And I'm like, what? And I don't know how that happened. But I guess, yeah, it was the toenail that did that. Yeah, at first they were saying it, they thought it was a headlock but or a, a headbutt. But yeah. um, I'm pretty sure it was the toenail. I think it was. I believe you're right. Now, I, another question, again, watching this fight, going to the third, your coach was like right in your ear. And even though he had a mask on, I could see his chin because he has a very nice beard. I could <laughs> see his chin just going like a mile a minute. What was he saying to you? Pretty much, man. I always tell my coaches like, hey, just be real with me. Be honest with me. Because that's like, I need to know. Yep. Am I winning this fight? Am I losing this fight? What do we need to do? And he's like, if you want this fight, you need to go fucking get it right now. He's like, that round was too close to call. So we need to get this third round. At all costs, you need to get this right. third round. I was like, okay. Simple as that, man. I'll do it. Whatever you tell me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, to comment on what you said about your corner being honest and upfront with you, nothing bothers me more as a, a spectator even when I watch a fight going on and in between rounds, the guy who's obviously losing, the corner's telling them that, yeah, you got that round. Yeah, that round was yours. Oh, yeah, you're winning oh this God, fight. Yes. And, I mean, I've seen this, I don't know how many times. And I, I can only imagine that maybe they know something, like if you tell this guy he had a bad round, he's just going to get depressed and, and that's the end of it. But it just seems odd to me to keep telling someone they're winning rounds when you know for a fact they're losing rounds. So I would always want to be honest with you. I agree with you. I agree 100%. And that's one of the things I told them. And uh, just with, like from the start, I'm like, hey, if I'm ever losing, you need to tell me because I'm out here to win. I'm out here to fuck this dude up. So mm -hmm. I need to know if I probably lost that round. And I, I know it in my head too, but I'm also like, it just changes the fight. And that's my logic is probably... They know this guy's going to get down on himself, so we don't want to tell him he's losing. You know, you got to keep that mental morale up is my thought on that. Mm. But again, I'm mentally sharp. I'm mentally on. I can handle the harsh truth, and I would rather have it because, hey, if I need to go get these next two rounds, I need to get that. 
that also changes. You know, if I win, I get double. If I lose, well, I only get half and that sucks. So I need the best honest advice I can get in there to make me more successful, right? Yeah, 100%, buddy. Now, how old are you, Justin? I'm 30. I turned 30 in April. Okay, so for most MMA fighters, 30 to 35 is kind of like your your peak. That's what they're saying, yeah. For the majority, and I mean, you're already 12-0, and 0, so you, you've put in a fair amount of professional fights, and finally, like you said, found yourself in Bellator, a top-tier promotion, just had your first fight there. They gave you a top 10 guy off the bat. I mean, you could look at that as a a bonus or a negative, depending on how you see things, but you come away with the victory. That puts you in the top 10. What are you looking to do next? Are you looking to fight somebody above you? Are you, are you looking to maybe get a couple more fights in to get a feel for Bellator? What are you after? You know, we sat there and had this conversation too. And uh, some people were telling me, you know, you're getting paid the same. Why don't you take a fight, a couple fights and get some more wins? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, sure. I'll get some more money. I'll get some wins. But I'm also like, yo, I'm here to be the fucking man. I'm here to be the champ. I'm not here trying to, like I said earlier, man, I'm not trying to pad my record, dude. I want to be, I want that belt. So I'm trying to go somebody ranked higher than me. Always. Somebody in the top 10 for sure. Has to be top 10 for me. Maybe at some point in a different situation it would make sense to fight somebody not ranked but you know i'm undefeated i got a lot of hype behind me now so i there's a lot of guys in this division that i would love to fight and and steal their hype and just steamroll me even that much closer to the belt there's a lot of options out there there's a lot of high level guys that i would love to fight and we're just kind of waiting to see which one's gonna gonna answer the call you know <laughs> I, I'm gonna say this, okay? So you you just decided to to enter one of the I say I think he's got to be one of the best fighters that Bellator has. Period, as a champion in the featherweight division, AJ McGee is awesome, dude. That guy's no joke, <laughs> right? He is awesome. I would put him against anyone in any promotion. Period. Yeah, and he can handle his own. Absolutely. You got a tough road ahead of you. And I mean, okay, Adam Borks, no joke. Pitbull can just lights out guys. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, so is there somebody you would like? If you could have your pick of who you would fight next, who would it be? You know, it's funny. I tried to call out J.J. Wilson, make some stuff happen uh, okay. after he uh, after he missed weight because I was trying to fight in October. So I was like, yo. Give me one of those guys. Both of those guys are looking for a fight. They're both healthy, and Wilson missed weight. So I was like, give me Wilson or give me Borix. And uh, it didn't happen, but I'd like to fight one of those. I'd like to fight Pico. I think he's got a lot of hype behind him right now. If I had to pick a fight, that would be my fight for you. That would be the fight I would want to see, Pico. 100%, that would be the fight I want to see. I think a lot of people want to see that. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of them. They offered me Jeremy Kennedy for my first fight. And I think this was right before he was ranked. And I didn't know much about the guy, but I was like, shoot, that's a cool fight for me too. I think I'll whoop his ass and just <laughs> climb up the rankings, you know? But I mean, like, there's a lot of fights, man. Like, being a wrestler, Darian Caldwell interests me a little bit, but I'm not trying to go backwards. I'm trying to go forwards. So, yeah. Man, Sanchez, Mads Burnell, I would, I'd love to fight him too. It's, I think I'd destroy him. Really? 
there's there's a lot of guys in this division that uh, just the style clash ups look heavily favored in my way, you know? I love it, man. I love the confidence. <laughs> you know, whenever I said the whole division can get it, I wasn't lying about that. There's nobody in this division who's not tough. And I want a piece of all of them. Whenever I get that belt, I want to leave no doubt in my mind, in the fans' mind, that I am the undisputed champion of this weight class. So I'm a fan of, of names in particular, especially nicknames, because they're always so interesting when it comes to MMA fighters. A lot of them are named like Assassin and whatever. How'd you get J-Train? Funny story. In college, we'd get together on Sundays. You guys fans of uh, – you guys familiar with the Jersey Shore? Yeah. The show? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, this was a long time. This was like 10 years ago, man. So we all got together, all of uh, all of us buddies would get together. And we'd watch the show, just hang out, kind of like a team bonding. And uh, they had like – I think it was a text in where you can text in. And you're like talking to the whole cast and uh, they all get together and they're like, oh, okay, this guy's Justin. He's from Greeley, Colorado. UNC. <laughs> you got on? It, yeah. So like – and they like kind of like collab and they send you back this name. So they text me back and they're like, J-Train. <laughs> and so I tell everybody and they go crazy and they're like, J-Train, that's fucking sick. Like, And ever since, it just <laughs> stuck. So a lot of people think it has to do with something like trains are really – crazy heavy machinery but uh for me man i got my name from the jersey shore <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome that's wow that, i hope jay wow hears this episode <laughs> jay wow Monty, Vinny, <laughs> the situation one of you guys give me some clout man come on <laughs> So what do you do with your past titles? Do you like, – I don't know how this works. Do you, are you allowed to keep it? I imagine you are. Yeah, yeah. So where do, you, where do you put them? Like I'm so curious. Like if I come over to your house tomorrow, where would I find these? There's a lot of them that are dispersed. So like, like I said, <laughs> I ran Sparta for a while. So every time when yep. you get a belt when you win the title, you get another one when you defend it. Oh, okay. I've got belts at Top Notch. I've got belts at – Team Taylor, that's my strength and conditioning coach. I want to give one to trials here eventually, but I want to get another one that's a little bit bigger before I give one of those, you know? I got some at my grandparents' house. I got gave one to my aunt and uncle. They have a gym that I help coach wrestling at, so um, I put one of them up there. But besides that, I got a couple at my house, and they're just kind of uh, sitting in my room. I got a little, like, uh, a little mount on my wall that I got – couple of my Sparta belts from uh, some big fights that I thoroughly enjoyed and that meant a lot to me. And then I got my LFA belts up mm -hmm. there. So every morning I wake up and that's like one of the first things I see. It just kind of reminds me like, hey man, let's go get this. Let's go the belt collector. Let's go get another one. Let's go, uh, <laughs> just go out and get yours. You know, that's kind of my thought is, oh my uh, God. it's not just my success. It's our success. So I try to share that with them as much as possible as well. That's brilliant. So I'm just going to change the topic ever so slightly. Have you ever been to Canada by chance? I have not. We were supposed to go. I fought in New York uh, for this amateur tournament. Mm -hmm. We're up in Syracuse, which I believe is pretty far north, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, 
we were supposed to have a little brief day in between our travel on the way back that I was supposed to go up and it ended up just not happening because we were with a team. So, um, but I do want to go. I, uh, I don't know much about Canada, to be honest, besides it being up north. We got a couple pro teams up there. I'd like to check it out. I don't know. You guys tell me about Canada. Well, we have this amazing dish. It's a culinary thing. It's called poutine. Have you ever heard of it? No. So poutine is where you take fries, you put cheese curds on it, and gravy. That's just the basics, like hot gravy. Uh-huh. So it kind of melts over and has this like delicious, like su- like savory portion to it. But you can change it up and you can add like pulled pork to it. You can add butter chicken if you wanted. You can do whatever, get fancy hot sauce. And it's just like, if you come here, you have to have a poutine. And then for dessert, you have to have a beaver tail. And it's just the way to go. What's a beaver tail? A be- <laughs> is, is that like a... Uh, a beaver tail. <laughs> mm, go on. What, what do you, think you, know? Uh, you know, I'm going to... No s- pressure. Since it's a dessert, I'm going to assume it's kind of like a, like a cinnamon roll or some sort. Uh, you're not not too far off the ball there sir so it's pretty much it's just like deep fried dough in the shape of uh kind of like a beaver tail it's elongated form uh-huh. and again from there it just has like decadent toppings my personal favorite is um you have cinnamon like brown sugar you have apple and you have uh like caramel in it so it's this very nice kind of just apple pie essentially you know I got a major sweet tooth and I'm all about trying some different mm. stuff. So I'm going to have to try it sometime. A beaver tails on my bucket list and a poutine. <laughs> when I was up in New York, we made some friends with some guys and they were telling me about this dish. I think it's, it's, uh, at first it sounded really gross. Cause I was like, why would you call something this? I think it was called like a trash can dish or a trash can bowl or something like that. And, uh, Basically, it sounds really similar where there's like fries, cheese curds, melted cheese, and they throw these different toppings of meats and stuff on them. It sounds really similar, but I was never able to go get one because by the time we were done with our fights, it was already like two in the morning and they're like, well, the place closes at 10, you know, it's like, this is bullshit, dude. I want to go get one. Mm-hmm. Cut all this weight. I was ready to go. So sounds really similar to that from my understanding. Right. Okay, I know what you're talking about. I, I do a lot of comedy shows in New York, and it's called uh, a garbage plate. A garbage plate. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Trash can. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was close. Enough. I was like, oh, he's so close. I'm like, what is it called again? It took me a second. Gar- yeah, no, you're right. It has like, yeah, it's like fries, meats, various like mustard, ketchup, yeah. onions. It's, it's a calorie pounder, but it's delicious nonetheless. It's like, you know, when I'm eating food, I just mix it all up anyways. So Exactly. Now, Justin, I mean, that pretty much takes us to time with you. But before we let you go, first off, fantastic having you on, buddy. You're a pleasure to talk to. Thank you, guys. Thank you. That was fun. Let our fans know where they can find Justin J. Train, the belt collector Gonzalez, (laughs) (laughs) on on social media. Where can they find you? What's up, guys? Um, If you guys want to see my story, see what I'm – follow around my journey, see what I'm up to. See me hang out with my nieces and nephews or uh, training, a little bit all the above, man. Give me a follow. You can find me on Facebook at JTrainMMA. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JTrain underscore 1991. Hey, man, do you guys got any questions? You guys want to chat up some MMA? I like to put some bets on some fights too. So, uh, you know, you guys want to collab and put some stuff together, shoot me a message. I'm an open book. I'll talk to anybody. 
Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at pro.sports.podcasters for the most current sports news.